As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Like me, Lee Murray wanted to be world champion in the USC. He just happens to be involved in the largest cash robbery in the world. He's definitely not sane. <laughs> Showtime Sports presents the unbelievable true story about the MMA fighter who pulled off one of the largest heists in history. Huge amounts of money, armed gang, disguises, kidnapping. This is sort of thing you see in Hollywood films. We've never seen that for real. Catching Lightning, streaming Friday, April 7th, only on Showtime. Streaming with Paramount+. Plus. Hello again, Broncos country, and welcome to the post-2020 draft edition of the Orange Weekly Podcast. Thank you all so much for listening in, and if you haven't yet, please take a couple of seconds to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any awesome Broncos discussions here. While you're at it, don't forget to go onto our Twitter page, Facebook, and Instagram and give those a follow as well, as we have a lot of new and exciting things coming this year in year five for us here at Orange Weekly. On this episode, David, Matt, and myself break down the 2020 Broncos draft picks, where we think they're going to play a role on this team, and what their ceiling is. We also discuss the other AFC West teams and what the competition looks like after this draft. And at the very end, we have a very fun scenario involving Aaron Rodgers. So stick around to the end of the episode to hear that. But without further ado, sit back, relax, and let's talk some Broncos. Okay, well, welcome, and thank you guys so much for joining us on another special edition of the Orange Weekly Podcast. On this episode, I got both Matt and David, two of the smarter Orange Weekly... (laughs) <laughs> two of the smarter Orange Weekly staff members here, uh, and then of course myself, who I, I, I'm not going to say where I am on that totem pole. Uh, you have gonna, a lot of charisma, Jared. A lot of charisma. On the totem pole? I'm uh, funny. <laughs> well. <laughs> so we have a lot to talk about. Hey, look, the draft, we just had the draft last week, and you know what? The reason I wanted to wait a week to find out uh, and to talk about this with you guys is because a lot of info has come out over the last week on on why we did certain things, uh, where we went with our draft picks. You know, the initial reaction is usually an overreaction. We had a little bit of time to sleep off some of our anger issues, uh, mine specifically. I was going to um, say, Sarah, you were the angriest. Yeah. So, so by far, we had we had a little bit of time to think about it and and a little bit of time to look at some of the the tape of some of the uh, you know later rounds that we didn't really know a lot about because everyone was so focused on the first round, including us. So let's go ahead and, and start right off the bat. Let's give an overall grade. Would you guys think that Denver Broncos did as an overall grade in this draft class? I'd give it a solid B plus, simply because we I think we got you know the best receiver in the draft. And KJ Hamler and Lloyd Cushenberry, like three starters. And then Michael Ojemudia, like Fangio's a great cornerback coach. He's going to be a starter as well, probably, or at least a rotational guy, probably play nickel at first. And just those four guys up front, I'm really happy with this draft. This is a good job by Elway. 
Well, you made it a little easier for me, Matt, because I was going to go either B minus, or I'm sorry, B plus, or A minus, and then you chose B plus. So can let's you pick not. One? Could you, could you pick yeah, one? I'm gonna I'm gonna pick one, Jared. Thank you. Great. And the one I picked was A minus, and so, <laughs> you know for the same reasons, you added a lot of weapons in this draft: uh, Judy Hamler, Cushionberry. Um, we're gonna get into my crush on McTelvin Aguim very very shortly, I think. Um, but yeah, overall, really, really solid draft. Addressed a lot of need at a lot of positions. You know, didn't get the tackle everybody was kind of hoping for. But outside of that, I think you got literally everything you could ask for from this draft. Yeah, and, and honestly, like this draft ended up being it ranks nationally across multiple different different you know CBS, ESPN. They all ranked us really high on our draft class, and and I think where it really came down to was starting at pick fifteen with Jerry mm-hmm. Judy falling to us at fifteen, and and that's not even like a, obviously we we had a need for receiver that very deep receiver class, but the fact that Jerry Judy the the overall number one receiver for most people in this draft class fell to number 15 is absolutely unreal so it wasn't that we picked up a receiver for, as a need we picked up the best player available at that point am i wrong oh yeah oh yeah. and filled the need yeah absolutely 100 percent. best player available was on the board was jerry judy it's something to say man when you just sit at your spot you don't trade up and your guy comes to you that's hard to ha- hard to do i mean like it rarely happens right and the fact that it did Fantastic. I'm honestly more, ex- not more excited, but given that we got KJ Hamler in the second round too, that is fantastic. Because in that division, like it or not, you have to keep up with the Chiefs. And you need a player who can be a home run, home run hitter, who can go out and just catch the deep ball and score in, you know, four or five seconds, right? And KJ Hamler is that player. He fills that yep. gap and he allows for the Broncos to at least have that deep ball threat, keep the safeties honest and, and the ability to score at any second. So, I, honestly, Judy and Hamler, and then Sutton, pff, boys, great receiving core, and Fant. So I, I really think this was an interesting draft, too, where you saw players, a lot of players, fall to teams. Um, you know, the the Buccaneers had to trade up one pick for Tristan Wirfs, but True. the 49ers were going to pick Kinlaw there anyway, which is the, right. the guy that they had been kind of mm-hmm. broadcast to the entire time. So it's kind of, you know, there was a lot of teams that, not unfortunately the Falcons, Matt, I'm sorry that the draft didn't fall quite the way you wanted, I don't think, in the yeah. first round. Uh, but well, I don't know. I mean, this it's is not a football, uh, Falcons, sorry, um, uh, podcast. I got it's ripped true. on that during the live show. But, you know, nonetheless, <laughs> I mean, it, but it, was you know. very, it was between yeah. A.J. Terrell and C.D. Lamb. I mean, I, I would have loved C.D. Lamb and Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley and C.D. Lamb. I, you know, I went a full mast for like the entire season, but unfortunately, it's you know it didn't. They they picked the cornerback, but AJ Terrell's pretty good. I'm not pretty disappointed, but okay. Back Can to we the just all agree that we're happy that we're not the Green Bay Packers right now? Oh my god! I, <laughs> like I even like it sounded so fun and innocent. We were when we were all predicting it the week before. Oh yeah, yeah. the Packers will pick a quarterback. Ooh, look out for Jordan Love. It's all fun and games. <laughs> and now like the world in Green Bay might be ending. But think no no right. think about it. Think guys, guys, think about this. They had Favre, they drafted Aaron Rodgers like twenty sixth overall, twenty fifth overall, fifteen years ago, and now they draft Jordan Love twenty sixth overall when uh, Rodgers is older than Favre was, and we act like we're surprised. No, this is it's what they true. do. They might it's go true. through three quarterbacks in like forty years. Yeah, like think yeah, about true. it. That's remarkable. Right. Yes, it's maybe true, not but- like the great draft class, but like they're drafting for the future. This is going to be right. Matt LaFleur's guy. You know what I mean? Like here's the next for quarterback better or for worse. 15 years. Yeah. 
So, yeah. you know, think about legacy here. Favre to Rogers to Love. Yeah, but Matt LaFleur nice. is not Mike McCarthy. And how do we know, man? Mike McCarthy had a great start and crash. Matt LaFleur went to the NFC Championship game, first year as a head coach. That's pretty that's pretty impressive. Why don't we Shouldn't we recenter a little bit on the team that we right, follow? Yeah, we should focus. Let's the, focus back on the oh, Packers. Yeah. Because good I, I knew we were here for a reason. Good I could Lord. talk about right. how crappy the Packers draft was all night. So let's. Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah. so no, Matt. Matt, you bring up a good weekly. <laughs> you, yeah, you bring up a good point, Matt. Uh, we were talking about a lot of people thought Henry Ruggs was going to fall to us, and that was going to be our speedster, right? He he ran the fastest yeah. six, uh, fastest forty at the at the combine. Everyone was expecting him to be our speedster, uh, and he's still in the AFC. West, right? He's he's over to Oakland. Oakland thought the exact Vegas thought the exact same thing. <laughs> That's that, going to be tough. Uh, <laughs> That's going to be a tough one. I'm just getting used to Los Angeles. Right. And I'm in Vegas San Diego. Um, so oh, so geez. the Vegas Raiders they thought the same thing. They need that speedster because in the AFC West, that's how you're going to keep up keep up with the Joneses, right? That's how you keep up with Kansas City. Um, yeah. and, and and we got somebody in the in the second round who didn't get to run the forty at the combine because of an injury. And nobody really knew what his speed was. Even most of, you know, Bronco's Twitter was on there like, who is this guy? And why are we picking up two wide receivers back to back? Like, this is absolutely ridiculous. Until you start looking at his tape and realize he is so fucking fast. Dude, he's insane. He's Tyreek Hill speed. Like, he is a burner. And he has moves. It's not just straight line speed. He knows how to run go routes. It's not a Darius Hayward Bay. He's you know strong. No, No, absolutely. He's strong. Tacklers, he's not big. He's what? He's less than five foot ten i think but he ba- tacklers bounce off him on the film it's really interesting to see no he was one of my favorite receivers in this draft i mean like other than the top three guys kj hammer was really the top of my list in terms of like you know key players in this draft right just because of his right. speed and david like you said like his uh, breaking tackle ability but you're right he's five nine he's 178 pounds and he's uh yeah, no, he's freaking good, man. Great pickup. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I think I think what I'm looking forward to seeing him is is in that uh, the old uh, Sanders role where we used to throw the uh, wide receiver screens, and I, I think that's where he's he's going to mm-hmm. do a lot there on top of the speed. He's got the moves. He's got the be ability to juke defenders out, and I and I think that's something that they're going to take advantage of this season once we start using them. Uh, but but let's talk about this real quick. So so we picked him up in the second round, and and Mims from Baylor was still there. Mm-hmm. Right, he mm-hmm. he was still available, and everybody was surprised at KJ Hamler jumping up the up the draft boards. But what did you guys think about that? Like, we didn't go with Mims; we went with KJ Hamler instead because Mims is a fast guy too. He, he is. is, but he's a not as fast as Hamler, and he's more of a big bodied sort of possession. Like, he's a great receiver. I if he's on the Broncos, it'd be fantastic. But we've already got like Cortland Sutton, who kind of fits that role, right? Who's the number one guy? Jerry Judy is, you know, kind of like the Emmanuel Sanders possession cover, like the middle of the field. You know, he's going to do great. So adding Mims would have been like just another adding another guy a we third. have on the team. But with Hamler, it just gives you that specialization. You know what I mean? That ability to take the top off. And that's really what was interesting to me was the the way we drafted for levels of this offense. Mm. We've got a guy in Cortland Sutton who can really do all of it. You know, he can do the intermediate yeah. routes. He can go deep. He can do the 50-50 balls. He makes them more like 80-20 balls. But you now have a guy in Judy who has that specialty of separation. And now you've got also the speed of K.J. Hamler in there. You can stretch the field with that. And then you've got two 
running backs, at least, you know, Melvin Gordon, who catches a ton of passes, and, you know, Philip Lindsay, who did it a ton in, at CU and has all the traits there if he can just put it together at the pro level to, you know, chew up yardage underneath if that's the way you've got to go. And Pat Shermer can definitely do something with all of these weapons. We haven't even discussed tight end yet, and we'll get to that a little bit later on, but there is right. an awful lot of offense cooking on a team that has just not had much to talk about. And, like, look at this one. Like, he, he weighs 178 pounds, and he put a 15 reps on the bench yeah. at the combine. So yeah. he put, you know, uh, 225 pounds 15 times, and he mm-hmm. weighs 178 right. That's a strong, strong man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so now we have we have these two wide receivers, uh, and I, I agree with you. I think it, the more you look at it, the better it is. And, and the other thing with our offense overall is that all of our guys are young. You have Drew Locke in his second year. You have these two guys as rookies. Cortland Sutton in his third year, still on his rookie contract. Philip Lindsay still on his rookie contract. Fant still on his rookie contract. All of these guys are getting Melvin under— Gordon's like, what, 26? And Melvin, well, Melvin Gordon, yeah, Melvin Gordon's young. He's basically the only, like, playmaker on our offense that's not on his rookie contract. Yeah, and he's on and, a cheap contract. And we contract. have all these guys on this young contract and this defense that's just, you know, last year was, I think, number 10 in the league. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's pretty intense to see, and, and we're going to have these guys for the next few years as they start coming up on their, their wanting more money, uh, wanting more contracts. But I, I think that's something exciting to look forward to. Yeah, an offensive core. That's so interesting yeah. to have now. Oh, you know, at least potentially, right? Yeah, and and honestly, this and you know, this year, boom or bust, whether or not we have a, a great year or not, what we can look at is this is a young team. Mm. This is a young Very team much. that's going to do whatever we do this year is going to do better next year with the experience that they gain and the more time they get to play with each play together. Yeah, no, that's yeah. a yeah. lot of words, eh, Jared? Right. Yeah, Word's I was going to play with themselves, but that that's not that's Eesh. not the word I was looking for. Yeah. They might do that too, uh, but honestly, <laughs> like you're right because the the culture is built here. You've got a young group of guys who grow together at least three years. They'll grow up together and 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 build this offense. Um, Pat Shermer is not the best OC, but he's a great OC still. Like he's got a lot of you know experience and ability to make get the best out of his players. So I think he's a good fit. Scangarello is. It was a failed experiment, and I think uh, Shermer's definitely an upgrade. So you've got this veteran coach, a young group of guys. Maybe you can get the best of them. And if we look at the offensive line, like Lloyd Cushenberry, starter day oh. one. He can play center or both guard spots. Glasgow, yeah. the guy we picked up in free agency, same deal. So here's you know two players who can fit in the center of the line and make a big difference, huge upgrade. And then uh, Juwan James is going to come back, hopefully, from injury at right tackle. Great pass blocker. And then left tackle, well, I mean, if we can get, like, two holding penalties a game, I think it'll be good. You know what I yeah. mean? It won't be too bad. But yeah. So let's go to our next pick. Here. So we had we had three three third-round picks, right? We, we already talked about Lloyd Cushenberry, and I'd like to get back to him because I, I, I honestly think he's one of our better pickups in the third round. Uh, and then uh, David has an unhealthy crush on McTelvin Aguim. Um, and, and, but let's talk about the first, the number 77 overall, uh, third-round pick cornerback out of Iowa, uh, Ojemudia. Um, nice, so, good job. Michael Ojemudia, I practiced. Uh, Michael Ojemudia <laughs> is <laughs> is uh, he's a corner at Iowa. Now we we just lost Chris Harris right to the mm-hmm. Los Angeles Chargers. Um, Good job. And, and 
I, we, we need him, and, and we need we needed some sort of defensive back help uh, in this draft because we have so much. We don't have a lot of depth there, and I think he he brings that depth at at the cornerback. Uh, we have a uh, Bryce Callahan who didn't play at all last year, and we just brought in uh, AJ Boye from from Jacksonville. Jacksonville yeah, yeah. Dude, so we're Boye, we're gonna have Callahan. those two guys as starters. That's awesome if they both can stay healthy and they both pr- produce what we're expecting them. I think I think uh, Ojemudia bring, brings a, an extra piece of depth to that, and I think a lot of people forget that. Yeah, and we still have Kareem Jackson back there and Simmons, who played pretty well last year. Simmons played great last year. Um, AJ Bouye, yeah. listen, like AJ Bouye was one of the better cornerbacks in the league when he played for Texans. And then he got signed to that big contract to the uh, Jaguars, and they went to that AFC Championship game. It was him and Ramsey at both edges, and this was a stout defense. And then the, the whole culture organization at Jacksonville just collapsed. I think AJ kind of got washed up there, but he's a good corner, very good corner. And if Bryce Callahan comes back too, yo, there's your two starters, and then you add you know this third round pick in Ojemudia and. Here's the guy who can learn, who can take the time to get on the field, but he'll provide good rotational depth, and he'll play nickel probably a little bit, and he he's just a good addition. Regardless, you know, his he's six one, two hundred pounds. He's fast. It's you know, there's no loss here. You know, this is not a bad pick in any way. He's, he ran a four four five. A four four five forty can keep up with anybody. Yeah. Well, maybe except Tyree Kill, but like. And this is a guy who is not – when you look at his college stats and his production, it doesn't jump off the page at you. Um, but what you see is the six-foot height, the 200 pounds, uh, the ranginess of this guy. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, something that we have – you know, we have a bunch of slot corners, it seems like, right? We've got Bryce Callahan. We've got Duke Dawson. You know, A.J. Boye is always a guy who's been better, at least as a number two, if he's going to be a boundary I- so you really did need more depth at boundary corner to me. And so now you've got a guy in Ojemudie who Fangio, I think, really values his intelligence. And that's really, really, you know, that's one thing you heard from Kareem Jackson and Chris Harris when he left for the Chargers was that the Fangio defense is one of the toughest he's ever played in. Um, just because, of you know, of the read and react. If this happens, then you do this. And so I think that's really, along with those physical traits, what they valued is his ability to process that information quickly and kind of read an offense. Yeah, I mean, that intelligence on that defense, especially, I, I mean, this defense is a defensive backstream. Yeah. Like the, the way Fangio mm-hmm. plays this defense is defense backstream. And, and probably the reason, one of the reasons Justin Simmons ended up playing so well, obviously he's a great athlete. He's been playing well for us for a while, but one of the reasons he played so much better this year, as opposed to the last couple of years is because of the defensive set that oh, he yeah. has. And I think, I think Ojemudia is going to play very well, especially like you said, in those nickel packages, when we bring them in, we got that, that nickel package. And then we got, Bradley Chubb coming back and Von Miller and Bradley Chubb rushing from the edges. It's going to be very difficult to get third and medium, third and longs on us. Yeah. Oh, also, the news just came out that uh, Von Miller's cleared from COVID. Nice. So that's pretty dope. Very, oh, yeah. That is true. Good. That is true. Thank God. 
All right, so let's move on to the next the next pick in the draft. Uh, a pick that I'm super high on. Apparently, CBS Sports is not super high on. Uh, Lloyd Cushenberry out of LSU, our center. He he shores up our offensive line. He brings that extra piece, that offensive line that we were missing, kind of not knowing what was going to happen with the guard center position. We know what's going to happen now. Lloyd Cushenberry is a day one starter. He played at LSU in the SEC. He played very well at LSU at the, in the SEC, meaning that he was in the trenches. He knows what he's doing. He's going to bring... That, that next level to the NFL. He's probably my favorite pick outside of Jerry Judy in this entire draft. I totally agree with you, man. I forgot he was on the board when Elway yeah. picked him. I thought he was yeah, long gone. Me too. Because, mm-hmm. like, I didn't get to watch most of the second round. I was traveling, so I just kind of assumed that Cushenberry was picked, man. When he was picked, like, I jumped out of my seat. I couldn't believe it. This guy is right. a day one starter, and he doesn't have to play center, his number one position. He could play guard. Like, the um, Munchak just needs to put up the best five guys. You know what I mean? And he's going to be one of them. This, You're right in terms of this might be... He might turn out to be the best pick in this draft for the Broncos. And that's saying a lot given that the receiver talent. But he might become like a 15, 15 yards... Uh, sorry. 15 years is a lot. Maybe 10 years starter. You know what I mean? He could be a solid right. player for a long time. He is... Uh, yeah, stout. Him and Cesar Ruiz were the two like best interior linemen. And the fact that we got the second best one in the third yeah. round... Ooh... And, you know, versatility is is one of those things that Munchak really prizes in his offensive linemen. Um, and you're right, he could, and I think the ideal scenario for them is to keep him at center, have Glasgow play right guard where he's been best in right. his career. Yep. Um, but you're right, they could move those guys around and put them anywhere to put them. And then Reisner? Oh, man, Reisner. Oh. Reisner could play tackle. On the other side, he yeah. could play tackle if you needed that him inside. to. That inside. He could play tackle yeah. if you needed him yeah. to. So you've just got all of these guys who can do all of these different things at a high level on the offensive line, finally. And here's the thing with uh, Cushenberry, okay, about his character. So for the past 15 years, LSU gave the number 18 jersey to the player that displayed a selfless attitude and played like a tiger. Like, it's... The number 18 at LSU is regarded as a very, like, special honor. And he wore it. So you're getting a character guy, a leader. Yeah, and a leader at this... At the center position too, and that yeah. inside line, that inside run with him there, and Glasgow on one side and Reisner on the other, and, oh, and again, it's just it's gonna anybody be who watched any James LSU last that. year knows how many five it was all five man protections when they were path blocking, yeah. and he yeah. was responsible for calling out everything on the line. Yeah, everything. and that's yeah. as pro style as the a pro style offense gets. So you are getting so much experience to pair with a young quarterback there. That's and. We have a great offensive line yeah, coach, one of the best in the absolutely. game. So it's the stars are lining up here. Absolutely. Right. And, and you have, have his intelligence. Again, you were talking about how he called off the defense. His intelligence on that offensive line is another piece mm-hmm. that's just – you can't you can't teach that. Yeah. You know, right? No, you you, have you to get have this it. guy and, – and I think a lot of people underestimate that. I think him being able to call out blitzes and being able to tell Drew Locke what's coming at him is just unreal. You put a guy like that with a coach like Munchak and it's – Potential all pro. That's you know right. to get that guy in the third round, like you guys said. It's it's a steal, man. So that's my crush. Now we're gonna get to David's crush <laughs> in McTelvin Aguim. McTelvin uh, defensive lineman. Aguim, yes. Let me tell you a yeah. little bit so, about So why why are you so half masted with him? Okay, so <laughs> and and listen, I understand why there's yeah, full mast, half mast. What's going on? Anyway. 
Well, are, how much do you like this guy? Oh, are you, are you so half much. in love with him? Right. Are you like no, half or full no, no. mask? Oh, full mask. Like, like are you kind of like, if I could like, when you wake if up, if I could like construct a second in love with mask, him? or like after a few drinks? Oh, well, uh, first, when I wake up, and then after a few drinks, it's like, I'm going to need a poster. You know what I'm talking about? I know you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Um, yeah, I definitely know what you're yeah. talking about. Um, yeah. Here's what I like about McTelvin Aguim. Arkansas, a defensive lineman, uh, 290 pounds, six foot three. A guy who steps into this defense right away and profiles as a D end in this three. He's not your Demarcus. Or, Right. He's not your guy, you know, your, uh, even Draymond Jones, who I thought was actually really good in limited snaps last year, but not a guy who you kind of have to add weight to him before you know his natural fit in this defense. Right. Um, I think he's a guy, when you look at his film, you see a guy who has a quick step into the backfield, a guy who penetrates double teams <laughs> often. I, you, you said penetrate. Yeah, I know. I, I was... Hoping you guys were going to hold back, but then on the other hand, I was going to be kind of disappointed <laughs> if you had shows like, for like a year, man. Yeah, I don't know yeah, I, if it, I'm so happy sorry. he's double, double, he's penetrating those double teams. No, yeah, no, you got to, yeah, no. you, you got to <laughs> penetrate those double teams. Just shoot in there, you know. Um, be quick about uh, it. He, well, that's he does have very quick hands. Um, <laughs> he 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 needs well, to, you know, yeah. Right? yeah. Um, he, he just, For the record, David loves six foot three, two hundred ninety pound guys. I am right, yeah. So, so I'm basically six a six foot three, two hundred ninety pound listeners. Yeah, just I, give us a call. <laughs> I used to be six foot three and two hundred ninety pounds. So uh, hook it up. Oh shit! Yeah, absolutely. There you go. Um, <laughs> now he's anyway. six foot six and one hundred eighty pounds. It's, Pretty great. Right, yeah. yeah. No extreme. Oh, that's Jared. Sorry. Oh, oh. yeah. Hey, yeah. I'm, I'm 200. Yeah, we can we can <laughs> yeah, we can see your gums, Jared. That's all I'm talking. Remember how we're um, talking about like inside jokes? <laughs> yeah. For these shows. Right, yeah. yeah. Jared without a shirt on, man. Oh jeez. Oh my god. Oh, we're going to talk about body mass index. Boy. You know, Jared. All right, so back to McTelvin again. Can we <laughs> Oh right, sorry. Football. <laughs> I don't know. I was kind of having fun with that other conversation, but if we must. Um, <laughs> no, just a guy, you know, an SEC program that you don't hear as much about, you know, is Arkansas anymore. And he was really kind of the big name on that defensive line, uh, commanded a lot of double teams. But like I said, was really able to fight those off and be effective in both the run and bringing an interior pass rush. And I think that's you see uh, Fangio again trying to kind of tailor this team to really match up with Kansas City because we saw, especially in the playoffs last year, Patrick Mahomes just, even when the when it was covered up, you know, the coverage was as good as it could be, he would just break off these 20-yard runs, and mm. th- there was nothing you could, you just got this feeling there was nothing you could do because he got outside the pocket. Or he got, you know, didn't get out, didn't get outside the pocket. The outside pocket pass rushers just rushed up field. He found the inside hole and was gone. So now you see a, an interior pass rusher at the third round. Uh, another guy I think that you really see is a response to this Mahomes mania that you've got in the AFC West. So, so here's my question on that though: Why does he fall so late in the third? You know, he's not consistent. Really, is the biggest problem with his tape. Um, his hands need to be a little bit better. And again, he's just a player. His stats aren't really flashy either. Right. either. Sorry. So like last year's eight and a half tackles for a loss, five sacks, uh, 39 tackles and one forced fumble. Yeah. Now, you know, with defensive line, you can't just limit it to that because pressures right. aren't in this in this list. Right. Like um, commanding double teams, um, getting the quarterback's face, even just the the notion of like pushing the offense of the 
the offensive line mm-hmm. like mentally and physically and tiring them out and, and having that motor is is something that you can't like statistically measure easily so especially you know, if you're like the only guy on the line who's going to be an nfl quality it, player in that exactly. conference you you kind of fall away you know what i mean yeah. like it's easy to be like the number one receiver in a group of duds but to be the number one on the defensive line you just run away from them right especially the interior yeah. right yeah. so it's yeah that may be why he fell yeah, and when you look at his tape, though, you see him show up against big schools and small schools. That's one thing that really encourages me. You see Alabama tape mixed in there with Mississippi tape, with uh, LSU tape. It's it, He gets a little bit of action in, in big spots. Okay, so go ahead and go into the next pick. So we're done with our three third-round picks. Uh, we talked about how much we love each one of them. Okay, so four, five, six, and we had two seven rounds. We talked about the tight end position. We talked about the the talent that we have as 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 past receivers what do we think about tight end albert give me a second to sound this out oak we not every letter. Some of these letters are silent. Some aren't. Jared, you gotta figure this out. There's a there's a fucking G there, man. Don't play this game. You don't have to freaking say it. Yeah, it's Oak. Oh, it's Oakenegwan. Wow. Now, see, I can't say it because you have messed me up. It's Oak Oakwood Shebanon. Oh boy. No, dude. I think Jared should get the award for the whitest guy on this podcast. Oh, oh, fact. Can we? Okay, we're we're past that. I know that. Bunam, Jared. Oh, First of all, he also went to a school in Missouri, so like, there's not enough white people that pronounced it wrong already. So what? You're gonna add to the list that makes it okay for you? Yeah, can I just? I, that's what? What is I'm just, that? I'm in the majority here. All right, can we just play? What that is game? that? Jared? Uh, all right. So uh, what do we? What do we know about him? Like, what? 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 Who is he? Is he a, a pass receiver? Is well, he a, a, a blocker? Who is he? Listen, this guy's six five, two hundred fifty eight pounds. I mean, you know. And he ran a four four nine. Four four nine. So a sub four five forty at two hundred and fifty eight yep. pounds. We got ourselves an athlete. Like right. Fant is a bit smaller as a tight end, very shifty, very athletic. But here's a big bodied athlete who can, you know, move. So it's it's great. He oh and here's this is why you can't pronounce his name. He's originally from Nigeria. He moved to the States when he was 19, which is a great story. I mean, listen, I anybody that. who, you know, comes into a country that's huge on football and then ends up getting drafted, that's fantastic. What You know, it just shows what a great athlete he is. Um, and he played with Locke. So that's one thing I don't think we can overlook here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He was a favorite target of Locke. They are very, very close. Um, and yeah. it's, you know, another kind of nice little thing that if you already felt good about Locke, it makes you feel even better is, you know, when he got, you know, started hearing about all these players, these offensive skill players that were getting to him, he, he tweeted out, I'll get into the playbook with you guys tonight. Like, mm. let's get to work right now. So I don't know if you, if you're already happy about your lock, that makes you still feel a little better, I think. And you know what? He yeah. was, uh, he scored six receiving touchdowns from Mizzou, which led the team. And it says here, I think he had 26 catches for 306 yards and 11.8 average. So Mizzou's not necessarily a high-powered offense. However, the potential's there. He's a productive right. player. And let's think about him in the red zone. 6'5", 258, and he's quick. That's a nice red zone target. 
Well, and now you're playing that double tight end, that double tight end set in the red zone. In who, which one, which side which, are you going to cover? It's no longer, it's no Sutton longer you have one Judy. receiving. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then you got so, and the, Gordon and Freeman. Oh man, yeah. And and the other thing that I like about him too is is after he got drafted, they had a couple of interviews with him, and he goes, "My favorite part is that you know when Drew Locke was here." When when Drew was here, he was I was the number one target. Like yeah. we get into the red zone, he was looking at me. Like yeah. there's no question about it. We were in the huddle. It's like, hey man, I'm looking at you for this, and that that could continue on. And I think I I think I love that. And now we have like 18 tight ends or something. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong here, but we have oh, 18 please. tight ends on our you. offensive. Hold on. We've yeah, got like so. half of what the Bears have, probably less. Than <laughs> the Bears so we're, have I think we're doing 11 just fine. tight ends. Yeah, 11. Dude, and they drafted one in the second round with their first pick overall in the draft. Like, that was their first wow. pick in the draft, and they picked a tight end. I mean, like I get on special teams, tight ends are a nice like blocking. At, you know what I mean? You can block and run, right? And <laughs> yes. like punt and all that. But 11. Like, dude, man, most teams have like three. What is 11 tight ends? And that's, and I wonder if, and now I wonder how much you're going to see two tight end sets in this Broncos offense this upcoming year. Because Pat Shermer has done it, but it's not something that he is, you know, he does a lot more three wide receivers. So we're just going to have to see how he incorporates all these weapons and how he mixes personnel on the field. It's going to be really interesting to watch. But in my honest opinion, in, in my honest opinion, fans not going to lie that line up as a true tight end no, most of the year. I think he's going to get. I think he's going to get uh, that Evan Ingram role. He's going to end yeah. up in the slot. He's going to get the Evan bit. Ingram, one hundred percent. Absolutely. And so we have seven tight ends, Jared. Oh, thank you. Sorry, a little um, over exaggerated. Jake Butt is still on the team. Yes. <laughs> Again, how? Um, but you're right. I think that you know, fan is going to be a lot more movable now. That you have this, uh, you know, this new tight end, but he could line up at fullback, slot, flex player. He can play special teams too. It frees him up, and you know, to have the personnel to run a three receiver set. Next play, go double tight end. Next play, go four receiver. Next play, go you know one receiver heavy set. Next empty whatever it is. Like you know, not every offense can do that, but the Broncos right. can this year. Like. And you have an athletic offensive line who could, you know, run some power, run some zone, do the pass protection. Man, this is this might be the second best offense in this division. You know what I mean? The Bron- <laughs> like, no, but let's be honest. Let's call it a spade a spade. You know, like the, the Chiefs are the the Super Bowl defenders. Like they are right. the team to beat. They're probably going to win the division. They have twenty one of twenty two starters coming back. No team in the Super Bowl era has ever had that. 21 of 22 starters coming back. So they're going to be the team to beat. But the Broncos can compete for the wild card in that second spot easily right now. Because the Chargers are... Where are they from, Jared? The Los Angeles. Thank you. And the Raiders are from? Vegas? Yes, thank you. <laughs> Please keep that pause that way too right? long. The people need to know. Um, but with the, you know, these two teams are... Like, the Chargers' defense is stout. Their offense, man, like Justin Herbert is Trubisky 2.0. And then the Raiders are just, well, the Raiders. So I think the Broncos, they can fight for this wild card spot easily right now. And they have the firepower to do it, which is like, it's this is exciting. Yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest interesting point with this, too, is is that the whole Broncos offense, not just not just the receiving core and stuff like the offensive line we talked yeah. about can literally move anywhere they want. The receiving core, I mean, we, we talk about David Mean talk, 
me and David were talking about it offline. Jerry Judy played a lot of his time in the slot, so he could play slot. He could play outside. Mm. We have we have guys like Tim Patrick. I know a lot of people aren't too happy on him, but he could. He's a big Steph. outside receiver that you could play on the outside. There's there's so many positions. There's so many uh, lineups that you can play with this offense, and I think we're going to be one of those offenses that like it doesn't. You're going to look at it, and it's not going to be the same lineup every game. No, it's not going to be the same. Uh, every drive, I think it's going to mm-hmm. be different every drive, and I think that's going to be interesting. And it's not going to be the same old boring offense where it's just like three and outs. And, yeah. and I think that's the most exciting part for Broncos country, honestly, because we haven't had that in quite a long time. Well, since Peyton Manning, and I love the uh, the Melvin Gordon pickup. I don't think it's a knock on Philip Lindsay. I think it's only going to make him better. Like <laughs> you just have two stud running backs, so you can just start rolling in the game. If Lindsay gets two plays, you just roll Gordon in. You know, the guys are going to stay fresh. Even Royce Freeman, like, as a relief person, as a short yardage guy, like, he doesn't have to run for 100 yards a game. If he gets 15 yards and a touchdown, the man did his job. You know what I mean? It's like, there's so much diversity in this offense. And I love the fact that this draft was, like, oriented towards that. You know, getting weapons and protection for Locke. Now... I think everything comes down to Locke. Can he, you know, perform in year two? Is he going to do it or is he going to regress? Because it all comes down to, to him, right? If he can't meet these yeah. expectations, it doesn't matter who's lining up a receiver. It's not going to work. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, should we move to our fifth round pick here? Yeah, so let's move to our fifth round pick. And um, you know what? I Stern It on. took us five rounds to finally get... I was going to pronounce it Stranod. It's not Stranod, <laughs> though. Right? It's Sternod. So I'm glad you didn't uh, pronounce that's what it I said. Stranod. <laughs> so, so here's here's my thing. It took us it took us five rounds to finally get a linebacker, which I was super high on Patrick Queen, Kenneth Murray, early rounds, trading up, which there was a lot of rumors that we were trying to trade up for Patrick Queen, you know, it, it, back into the first round or back into the second round um, to pick him up. But it didn't happen. It, things fell where they fell. I'm not super torn over it like I like Patrick Queen um, I think he'd be a great uh, addition to the Broncos defense but we finally get uh, Wake Forest linebacker and Justin Sternod yeah what he said so uh, <laughs> we finally get him uh, and I, he's not a day one starter I don't think the best part about him I think is that he was a captain at Wake Forest right he's a he's one of those guys he's a leader um, he he definitely has it going for him he's a little bit undersized six foot three, two thirty eight. And four four nine twenty, which is a sideline to sideline type of linebacker, which I think we kind of needed. Um, I, I think he's a developmental player at the linebacker position. I think they have a lot of faith in the linebackers that we currently have, and uh, yeah, that, that's basically what it is. I think with this pick, this is a, a depth pick. He's a depth for sure, and I mean his stats from last year. He had uh, sixty nine tackles. 69 at five and a half for loss two sacks uh, and a pick and four pass breakups um from you know this inside linebacker position so you know he should also in eight games is what yeah i was gonna say in eight games yeah he he tore his right biceps in october i think played out a season you probably see him as a day two pick most definitely yeah and you know the thing with him is 
a little bit slower. He's four seven four forty. It's not you know devastatingly slow, but he may not be a guy who's going to keep up with the tight ends. He's going to be a good right. run stopper. He might you know play zone inside the box or whatever. But I can't see him running with Travis Kelsey up the seam, you know, and trying to cover him. He's not that kind of player. Um, yep. yeah. With that being said, though, Jared, you're right. Developmental player, special teamer. He you know he's he's athletic enough to play on the special teams. And listen, man, Fangio does wonders with linebackers. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like you said, I think his floor, I mean, right right away, I think he steps in and is one of your better players on special teams. Um, and then you can see what kind of role you can develop for him from there, because I think he, there is a lot of potential. Yep. OK, so let's go on to our next pick uh, as a guard. Again, another backup. I think another guy that's going to be a developmental player in uh, Natane Mutu, Muti. Natani Muti. I'm so glad State. you're reading these words, man. These names. Really yeah. good. Yeah, Jeez. I'm doing I'm doing great jobs. Why did we pick up so many difficult pronunciations? Like because they knew are they you were gonna read Jared, them. or are you just super white? I'm super Both. white. Can we Okay, yeah, so yeah. maybe it's not the difficulty of the names, maybe you just need to start reading more. Also, I'm seeing multiple ones of them. I think I had a little bit too much to drink. There's uh <laughs> there's a lot of T's in there. Um a lot of anyways. So uh, a backup guard out of Fresno State, a depth pick. I don't think we needed to spend too much time on this. Well, you know what I mean? Like, remarkable with him is 44 reps on the bench. So he's very strong. Uh, 6'3", 3'15", is a great size for a guard. Um, you know, so at the offensive line position, too, you get better as you get older, and you can never have enough depth. Literally, man. Like, he's probably going to slide in. He might be a swing guard. You know, and, and that's you need a lot of those players. So you know, it, it's a good pick for sure. But uh, yeah, here's the is, thing: you know. I this is a guy who is a you know a dark horse to be the steal of the draft, and not really mm-hmm. a dark horse. We are talking about a guy who got injured, um, and if not Many for that injuries. injury, you know the right. Well, the consensus that I'm hearing is um, he was like a third round, second round pick without this injury. And um, I think he was pro football Focus's highest rated interior offensive lineman of the entire class. Interesting. Yeah. As far as, as far as pass blocking goes, I think is the stat there, but still a guy who in the sixth round with that kind of potential at guard, you know, like you, like you guys said, you never have enough depth at that position. And yeah, you can argue that maybe a tackle would have been a little bit better here as far as getting depth offensive line. But with talent like that still on the board, you got to take a chance in the six. Oh, for sure. And his he's limited by his mobility. Like he's really good when he's in his spot. Like the pass protection. If, if forty four reps on the bench is a hell of a punch on the pass rush. Like somebody yeah. comes out and you just jack him up in the chest, man. It'll slow somebody down. However, you know from what I've seen, when he has to leave that spot where he's got to pull, where he's got to do the zones and all that, he's not as good. Mm-hmm. So here's a guy who might line up on a field goal, right. you know, right away, um, mm-hmm. and might be a swing guy or, or, or come in on some specific goal line runs or whatever it is. But he's, uh, you know, he's great depth. If it wasn't for the injuries probably a bit higher than he was projected from what i saw he yeah. would go in the seventh round so maybe we reached a little bit maybe not um however i think he's got a a lot of potential still for where we draft him yeah i mean he's a he's a big gamble two achilles injuries in in four yeah. years uh yeah. in the, his last two years he played a total of five full games at fresno right. state and right. 
I mean, obviously, you know. he put up he put up a lot of numbers. He he put up he's the highest bench press in the whole draft, right? At the combine, mm-hmm. like that's that's something. He's a strong he's a strong dude. Um, originally from the Tonga. Um, what, what else are you doing with your six round picks? I, and at that you point, know? like it, sometimes yeah. you have to gamble, right? You have to yeah. gamble and see. I mean, if if he does work out and he is healthy and his Achilles is fully healed, he could be a force to be wrecked with. He's a strong, mm-hmm. strong inside guy. Um, but at, at that point, we'll see what yeah. what happens with him. At this point, if there's not questions about him, he's not in available in the sixth round. Yeah. So at yeah. a certain point, yeah. Moving on. All right. All right so we have two. We have two seventh. We have two seventh round picks. One of them, uh, another wide receiver, uh, Terry Cleveland out of Florida, and then an edge, Derek Tsuka, uh, out of uh, North Dakota State. I know he was he was a captain too of his defense. What wide receiver out of Florida? Does he make the cut with the guys that we already have? We'll see. Probably not. It's another guy who's really fast. Um, yeah, ran four, a four six. four five four four six. Yeah. Um, you know, a big time program at Florida, Good obviously. Yeah, but not a guy who saw a lot of playing time. He was just kind of buried on the depth chart there and never really flashed enough to make him see regular playing time. But, you know, again, it's a seventh-round pick. You take a chance on the traits. Yeah. Yeah. Production guy, maybe a practice squad guy year one, and mm-hmm. who knows, right? You never have enough depth either. Right. Like, oh, right. Absolutely. Yeah, and absolutely. honestly, like if if the Broncos have shown us anything, it's not just late round draft guys that can do very well, but uh, undrafted free agents too that can oh, do yeah. very well. Um, I mean, this might be one of those pickups that maybe he just who knows didn't flourish in a Florida system, and he can come out here and maybe he takes over for KJ Hamler's position. You don't know, yeah, right? Like he, he could be that guy that's just that shifty and be able to figure that out. Uh, and then the same thing, Edge Derek Zuka. I, I think he's a he's a uh, a special teams kind of guy. You know, we didn't pick, we didn't draft a lot of defense here. I think we draft one, two, three, three? four. We got a corner, uh, a D line linebacker, and an edge guy. Well, here's um, another. This is another guy in Tusca, um, who what? it's that's his name. Tzuka. It's it's you got to. Why is there a Z? Why is there a Z? When Jared, I why not. I can't go back to high school and teach you that sometimes you don't <laughs> pronounce all the letters in a word. Like we can't, we don't have time on this podcast. Maybe in a we'll have our own separate podcast where right. Jared just reads the grammar podcast <laughs> coming to a coming to a show near you. Um, so, so I, I just want to time out for a second because I, I, our buddy Josh is listening too. I, I, I uh, you should try me on an NHL draft. Uh, oh. Just trying to listen, listen to me try to announce. Uh, NHL players is a hundred percent worse than anything you've heard tonight. Just the French <laughs> names, I really like the French oh, names man. alone would be enough. I think just totally I mean, there's French, it. there's Russian, there's all types of Finland. there's all types of ethnicities the there. It's great, like, yeah. Longer and longer. Remember TJ Gushmanzada? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Remember boy, how his I name used to like creep yeah. over his shoulders? <laughs> like it was such a massive like. I'm pretty sure I could spell Gushmanzada. Do right it. now. Can we? All right, show off. Can we just H- move on? We're doing it. H o u s h m a n z a d e h. And this has been the Orange Weekly Spelling Bee, brought to you by David's a fucking nerd. Whatever. Ooh. I was announced as one of the smartest members of the Orange Weekly crew. It's not an honor, man. <laughs> I'm taking it and I'm running with it. Like, you guys can go to hell. You're yeah. the tallest little per- little person right now. I don't think that's the case, but 
I'm not entirely sure what it means, but I don't accept your premise in either case. Uh, anyway, back to Derek Tuska. We got another guy here who, you know, a smaller conference player who North just Dakota. produced. Yeah, uh, the Mississippi, what was it, Mississippi or Missouri Valley Football Conference. Um, but a guy who was an Associated Press All-American last year. 13 and a half sacks, 48 tackles, 19 tackles for loss, uh, five pass breakups last year. Talk um, about potential steals. Right, you know, a guy who is, steps in immediately at, you know, that com- competition for backup edge mm-hmm. um, and, who you you know, best case scenario is a Shaq Barrett type of player for you. I was just going to say. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's, he's going to line up. He's a great athlete, 479, 24 reps on the bench, 33-inch mm-hmm. vert, like, you know, athletic. He's got the production. Smaller conference, for sure. However, you know, smaller conference linemen players can't really compare them to like smaller conference quarterbacks or receivers. You know, it's a different sort of level of competition. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a different reality. And if he's able to get that kind of production against, you know, other really big athletes, that's pretty cool, man. I think he's a great pickup in the seventh. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, especially as a depth guy. I mean, and again, mm-hmm. with the defense, we need we need those depth guys. We need those special team guys. And I, I think he can step up special teams pretty quick uh, yeah. as a rookie. And you need those players, man. Yeah, very much. Yeah, you especially, yeah. Okay, so that's our draft. That's the Broncos draft. The only things that we didn't mention that I just want to bring up real quick is that the Lloyd Cushenberry pick at 83 was picked up because of our trade back when we traded back for Noah Fant. And I believe Devin Bush was picked up we traded back in the first round last year we got a first round and a third round so we got that third round from them number 95 overall your crush uh, a game was picked up as part of Emmanuel Sanders trade to the San Francisco 49ers and then the number 181 we talked about Muti from Fresno State was picked up as part of a Case Keenum trade up to the Redskins is there anything else in this draft is there anything else in this draft that we did we forgot to mention well I mean I kind of like to talk about this division or even the league in general, like other than the Broncos, what's your favorite draft class of all these teams? Minnesota Vikings. Oh, well, so if we're going the division first, I guess the Chiefs, honestly. Yeah, Yeah, the Chiefs, because the Chiefs added, you know, another weapon in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So you've got... Back in the draft. Ridiculous, yeah. Um, And, you know, they got a guy, a developmental tackle, Lucas Nyang. Nyang, that one, I didn't bother to learn how to pronounce his name because he's Chiefs now. But a guy who I really would have thought was a good prospect to take as a developmental tackle, um, and even their linebacker Willie Gay, yeah, four four six forty, yeah, absolutely. Fast. They got they fast got fast linebacker, yeah, Mississippi so, State, like, and you know, really, it's I would give their draft a B at best. Um, just, you know, they had a few picks, they addressed some needs, um, but you know, the AFC's West's drafts in general, I thought outside the Broncos, and maybe this is just homerism, but I didn't think they were that good. What about you guys? I, I liked a few picks for the Chiefs in uh, Willie Gay and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Yeah. Um, Yo, know, Edwards-Hilaire, man, he watches film with LSU, and he like he runs out of the gun. He's super shifty. And Andy Reid said he's going to be better than uh, Brian Westbrook. Yeah, right. So, right. Like Damon Williams and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Like, oh, man, I'm a, thank God I'm a Mahomes fan. Um, <laughs> I don't... Looking, I don't get I, Henry Ruggs to, to Las Vegas. Oh, dude, that's just Mike Mayock just not knowing what he's doing. He He's trying too too hard to be too cute. Yeah, you know, and I get, I get you want the fa- why you would want the fastest player in the draft on your team, but 
Derek Carr doesn't throw deep. What do you do Dude, with him? It, it's like you you put Chrome on a 1998 Toyota Corolla. Like, Honestly, why do you get the fastest, best athlete at receiver when your quarterback's mediocre, your offensive line is aging, your running back's pretty good, but you've only got one good one. The other receivers on the team are not that great, and the defense is suspect, and you go for rugs. And then two uh, other wide receivers in your draft, too. You get two yeah. other receivers, I think, in the third round. And yeah, right. to me, I thought Judy was a much, you know, everybody was talking about CeeDee Lamb as the fit there for Oakland, but I thought Judy, with his separation abilities and his mm-hmm. kind of ability to run at all levels of the field, was a much better that short fit passing for Oakland game. there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and, and we're talking about terrible draft classes. I think the Chargers did just as bad. Oh yeah. If, like I mean, I mean, I mean other than other pick. than Kenneth Murray, right? Kenneth Murray, and <laughs> and you guys know how high I've been on Kenneth Murray for a while. And he's going to be a day one starter, and he's yeah. the only person in their draft that's a day one starter uh, for a while. They they believe in Tyron and Taylor to be then. the starter at, at 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 quarterback, and I think Tyron Taylor is going to take the reins unless he does absolutely terrible and they tank for the first half of the year. Then then Herbert will step in, but um, yeah. after that, man, like. They picked up a running back from UCLA after they have Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson back there. There's absolutely no reason to pick up a running back. Um, they really? have a wide receiver, oh, which yeah, sorry, is going to be okay. A safety, uh, which is going to be, you know. A safety a who won't guy. see a single. They have such, like, their, their defensive their backfield stacked, man. Is, is stacked. There's a safety that they pick up, and he's not going to play probably a single snap other than maybe well, on special teams. Well, he's a six-rounder. I mean, special teams, death player, you know, kind of like our guys. They, but I agree with the Chargers draft. is just not that good. Herbert are, is yeah. a reach. Kenneth Murray, I think, has picked at the right spot, and I think he's going to fit in well because he's a hell of an athlete. Um, but then you don't trade for, like, 60 picks again because yeah. you traded up all that capital to yeah. get him. I think I heard somewhere that just by the – analytics the chargers gave up the most in that trade of anybody in the entire draft mm. yeah so sad yeah um, um and, so yeah, you know uh, oh go ahead i was gonna say let's look at the league like what's a team that really stands out to you you said the vikings david i love the vikings draft um i think they got three guys in their first three picks um that are gonna step in day one yeah. and start um justin jefferson ezra cleveland um and jeff gladney uh, yeah, they got freaking Gladney too. I Dude, forgot about Gladney. Nuts. And Cam Dantzler, who was a quarter. Uh, yeah. Both Gladney and Dantzler were two corners stud. that I really, really liked. They had freaking thirteen picks on day three. Yeah. It was yeah. ridiculous. But anyway, I mean, you're going to hit on some of those picks just by the numbers. But yeah. I really liked a lot of the names. It was not just qual- quantity. I thought that mm. was a really quality draft. To me, there's three teams that really stand out. Um, quickly, the the Dallas Cowboys. The fact that they got CeeDee Lamb, Trayvon Diggs, and Ugh. Neville Gallimore in their first yeah. three picks, all three of those players could have been right, picked way higher than they were. You can't you can't play the Canadian favorite because they got Neville Gallimore. Like, of course they can. The guy's a stud. All right, Actually, sure. he's a good round. Listen, I'm mad third. too because I hate the Cowboys, but they had a really good draft. They all did. Right, they, they really did. Jerry yeah. Jones on his yacht, man, he killed it. And yeah, the second team that I'm pretty high on are the Saints. They picked four, four players. Cesar Ruiz will start day one. Zach Bond will probably stay start day start day one on the edge, and then Adam Troutman will start day one. And then they've got like a QB in the seventh. But like they have the best roster in football right now in the entire league, and they picked up three great players. I thought that was fantastic. And then lastly, the the Buffalo Bills again, like. 
AJ Epinesa, he was projected to go in the first round all the way up to like 16 and 15, you know, around that range. And they got him at pick 54. He's going to line up in the five tech day one in this uh, McDermott defense. Um, he's a great lineman. Zach Moss is going to be a great complement to Singletary in the backfield. There's going to be a one-two punch. And then Jake Fromm in the fifth. Mm. Dude, I, I love Jake Fromm as a backup. Your offense is only as good as your backup, right? We all know that. And Jake Fromm is an excellent leader. He's got a lot of experience. He's a winner. He's a great guy. Like He's going to fill in behind Jared Al- sorry, Josh Allen really well. And he could be one of these like career great backups that it just provides depth and security of the position. So to me, these are the teams that I think that had big wins in the draft. Jared doesn't seem sure though. So yeah, but I mean, I mean, Josh Allen's still so young. Like you got yeah. a backup that's a young guy so? backing up another young guy. So so okay. What's wrong okay. with that? You got Jeff. Okay, Chris- okay, Jeff Driscoll's a young guy. He's backing up. Drew Locke, who's Drew, another yeah, young, guy. young guy. Right, yeah, but I never said that our young backup was a good backup. No, uh, Driscoll's a different yeah. story. I'd rather have Fromm as my backup than Driscoll, but like, you know, Andy Dalton. Allen's going to have years ahead of him, to, and Jake Fromm's going to have years ahead of him. To, why not groom these two together? You yep. know what I mean? Like, Fromm will be great trade uh, uh, trade bait like in three, four years. Fromm's going to be the brains of that, uh, that quarterback room. Oh, I think gosh, that's really yeah. what they drafted him to do. And put yeah. pressure on Allen. Right, because yeah. Allen is a little too erratic. He needs to like tighten up his game. So I mean, that's what you got when you were drafting him. I think they were. Uh, this is just another tactic, like you say. They're just hoping yeah. to rein it in a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Is it K. piss Jared. anybody else off that the Baltimore Ravens just every single oh, year? Here's another. I was value just about to say the Baltimore Ravens. Well, just every segue. fucking round, like Patrick Queen, uh, J.K. Yeah, Dobbins. They- Talk talk about a team that's already on uh, the top of their league yeah. and the top of their game, and they got just an amazing draft. Gino yeah. Stone, uh, especially the through the round. first five, like they got they got four or five guys in the first five first three rounds that just are starters, and they're going to be impact players. And I, you know, obviously, I was huge, like you guys said on, on on inside linebackers this draft, and Patrick Queen was one of them. Oh yeah, um, J.K. Dobbins getting J.K. Dude. Dobbins as a running back out of Ohio State in the second round, like yeah, that is Ingram absolutely nuts. And Jackson, dude, yeah, yeah. I, I, they're they're going to be they're going to be a force to reckon with for a few years, and I think they're doing it right. I think they have the they have all the pieces to keep to keep pushing through, and they're still young. Like they're not the Ravens that we know of of old that are all just old guys that used to just like pounds. Like these guys yeah, are a no, young group. Faster. It's, it's Ravens yeah. and Chiefs and then everybody else right now. Yep. In the AFC, In that's the, AFC, the race, man. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, another one? I, okay. I gotta bring this up, man. Yeah. Jalen Hurts to the Eagles. What do you think <laughs> about that? I think that it's an insurance policy because sure. Carson Wentz gets hurt every year and no team in the league, understands the value of a backup quarterback like the Philadelphia Eagles. Why? Because they won a Super Bowl with their backup quarterback. With a backup quarterback. So the yeah. fact that they drafted Jalen Hurts, if they're going to groom and build him up a little bit, Carson Wentz might get the door early if, if that contract can work out. And if he gets hurt, you got Jalen Hurts coming in? No freaking problem. What if you line him up like a Taysom Hill on some play? What if oh, yeah. you have some two quarterback stuff? Well, like it adds so much dynamics. Yeah, absolutely. And now that kind of segues me into one a question I have: uh, Who's drafted you hate? Oh, 
uh, easy for me. The Packers. We already talked about the Packers. Packers, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to go back. We, I think we did the Packers uh, hard enough. Um, Ooh, what about we? the Patriots? God, the Patriots traded up. Really? The Patriots traded up for two tight ends in a weak tight end class. Yeah. And they also were the first to pick a kicker in the fifth round, a kicker who has, you know, questionable taste in tattoos, if nothing else. Um, (laughs) Bill Belichick has some questionable taste in friends. Yeah, in people in general. Um, Yeah. But so, you know, that's a draft class that really makes me go, you know, they didn't address the quarterback position at all or the skill positions outside of tight end. If that's a, I don't even know if that's a skill. It is a skill position. Okay. But they, you know, they had a few picks and they picked two tight ends and a kicker. The first three picks I thought were pretty good. Kyle Duggar. I do like Kyle Duggar. Josh Uche. Great mm-hmm. pick as well. Afrin Jennings. Like, these are, like, Patriots guys. They are. You can tell. Yeah. And then afterwards, I agree with you. The two tight end things I was pretty surprised by. Um, the, the kicker in the fifth, I get. You know, you need a kicker. This I don't know anything about him as an individual. We'll it, see. Right. Yeah, I guess. The thing with the Patriots is just, as long as Belichick and McDaniels are there, you can't really count them out. You know, we're just, they're we're up gonna, to something. We're going to find out really quickly how much of that coaching, that mm. brilliant Bill Belichick coaching, he can. Yeah. He, what what can he do with this roster? Yeah. Here's the draft I don't like: the Jaguars. They drafted to fill holes. I don't think they drafted the best players, and they just seem to be trying to recreate stuff they've done before. You know, it, yeah. it's like C.J. Henderson, great cover corner, great cover corner, not a very good tackler. So he'll be able to shadow guys, but if they get the ball, it might be get questionable. Clavon Chason or Calevon, I think it's Calevon. It is Calevon. Great yeah. athlete. I've got no issues with this pick. I think he's great. He fills a need. He'll he'll line up right there. But but I, I don't think he. You know, there's better players out there. What was that Browns edge rusher they drafted? Like not before Garrett? Miles. No, no, before Miles oh. Garrett. Um, oh, Barkevius Mingo. Mingo. Yeah, yeah. Chase on gives me a little bit of the Barkevius Mingo. That's I've heard that comparison yeah, before too. Yeah, and, and then Lavisca Chenault. I love that pick actually. I and, do. And Ben Barnes, but he's he's gonna fade away in Jaguars. He like, is. Yeah. He's and he's not like Lavisca Chenault is more of a um, I don't want to say gimmick, but I'm gonna say gimmick. He's a guy who can catch it short and break it for seventy. He's not necessarily a guy who'll catch ninety passes in the year. He's not your number one receiver. He's you know the the explosive one. So for him to go to the Jaguars, it's a it's a good pick. He's a good player. I just kinda sad he went there. I know? don't it, color me not sold on Gardner Minshew. Like I you no, know I get either. right. I get that he was, you know, kind of great as a six round pick and everybody but I feel like yeah. defenses are gonna catch up to him next year and it's not gonna be pretty he just has like a um, uh, like a personality that you sure. hook up on. He's funny, sure. You know what I mean. He he's charismatic, yeah. so it kind of you know fades away. Or so not fades, but it kind of like masks his issues. He's not an outstanding quarterback. No, he's, he's not, not super like talented. Brady two point He's the like. worst quarterback in that division, I think. Yeah, yeah, so. that's saying a lot. Um, but yeah, that's the draft class I really didn't like. Um, I don't know, man. Other than that, like I think every team. What about, about you, Jared? Well, speaking of oh, yeah. speaking of the AFC South, 
Yeah. Uh, and terrible, absolutely terrible decision making this entire offseason, including this draft. The Houston Texans. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, they yeah, are they, just oh. absolute. Like you, you, you oh. hope that they would. I mean, don't get me wrong. They only had five picks in this draft. But why but is that? Honestly, like you think that they would come out of that trade being like, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna make the difference here. This is what we're starting over. We're gonna get a strong draft class. We're gonna get a young group of of players in here, and they just didn't do it. Dude, man, they, they got Ross didn't. Black. Ross Blalock. Yeah, Blacklock Black was a reach. Great. No, not yeah. really. He was I like that pick for them. He's yeah. at 40 overall. That's about I did see him there. go in the first round a couple of yeah. drafts. Yeah, late first like, round was where he's projected, so I think it's a good pick. J- J- uh, Jonathan Grenard also is looking promising. However, you trade DeAndre Hopkins for a second. Oh, no. Yeah, second or whatever. Second. It, it's a joke. How'd you not get an extra first round pick? Like you're like I just fucking like, Bill prob- Bryan, man. Yeah. Probably the best receiver in the league right now. Like he, he arguably the best receiver actively in the league right now. Him, and Julio and, and who else? You know what's gonna right. happen again. You know, Antonio Brown. I, right. I, you know what's gonna happen. Long. They'll win ten games, they'll lose on the on wild card weekend again. And yeah. we'll be talking about the winning right. division. Right. They'll do another baffling thing next offseason, like trade Deshaun yep. Watson for a sandwich. And we'll all be like, that Bill O'Brien's at yep. it again, but he'll still have a job somehow. And you know the weird part? He'll he'll go nine and seven. They'll win the division. They'll lose in the wild card round, and he'll get a yep. promotion. He'll become the right. owner of yeah. the team too. The owner, the the, the GM, the head coach, the director quarterback. of play personnel. Wasn't it did yeah. you guys yeah. see on he, draft night when he um the, the video of him? Trying to execute a trade yelling and yelling at the, at the phone. Yeah, that was yeah. pretty nice. So, and his kid just awkwardly sitting in the back, right. not saying anything. Yeah, just like, like uh, oh yeah, because that kid had never seen that before, right? Yeah, my freaking right. god, man! Oh, I don't like no. O'Brien. Oh my god, he terrifies me. Yeah. So, so last last thoughts, uh, Broncos drafts. Uh, any other draft in this in this draft class? Uh, last last words. Just exciting. Like, I mean, obviously, I mean, that's kind of the obvious take, but man, you're not, obviously you don't expect every pick to hit in a draft class, but if two or three of these guys, I mean, you've got a guy in Lloyd Cushenberry and Jerry Judy, I think both of those guys are pretty safe bets as far as high floor going to contribute very early. If you get a couple, like two more guys out of this draft class to contribute starter snaps, you're, you've remade Mm. your team in three drafts and mm-hmm. especially on offense you have completely remade your team so if that you know i am really really excited for the potential of this offensive unit for the first time in years and that's not just post-draft optimism that i oh, oh yeah we got uh, Kayvon webster or, oh, mm, yeah give me some of that shane ray look at that for day one value <laughs> no, you know this isn't the kind of draft you have to talk yourself into i don't think to be excited yeah i think it's pretty obvious what this team is trying to do, and if it works out, it's going to be really great. Jerry, what about you? I'm just going to pull something up before I talk. Yeah, no, I uh, I agree. I, there's a lot of excitement, and I, I think the biggest part about this, and, and David, you touched on it, but but let's let's talk about the last two draft classes, including this one, and what starters we have on offense. Right, we have our starting running back, arguably, in Philip Lindsay. Right, not just counting Melvin Gordon. Uh, Drew Locke, our starting quarterback, uh, our starting guard in Reisner, our starting center in Cushenberry, our starting uh, wide receiver in Judy, our starting wide receiver in Sutton, Sutton, and then Handler. 
right? So Sutton Handler. Now we're talking about a majority of our offense is young guys. And we talked about it earlier in the podcast, especially when from a money perspective, how great that looks on us. But again, we have an okay year. Say we make the playoffs for the first time in the last four years. We have this young core of guys that is going to be just a force to be reckoned with. And even if we do do, if we do very well this year, that that's another that's another piece that's just like, wow. Well, who's going to stop these guys? And, and that's the Kansas City yeah, model. Absolutely, that's that Kansas City model that they gave up this year. And they, they're like, hey, we got this young group. That who's going to stop them? Yeah. At what point is is some team going to stop them? And I think that's what that excitement in Broncos country is. Like that excitement that this draft brings Broncos country absolutely. right now. Yeah, this was also one of the the bigger drafts in terms of like players we drafted over the last couple of years. That and uh, 2018, pretty similar. Um, but I agree with both of you. This is just a continuation of the building. Um, the amount of like quality players we're we're able to draft this year. The fact that Jerry Judy dropped to 15, wow. The fact that Hamler was available at 46, wow. That Cushenberry was available at mm-hmm. 83. Wow, like we got steals. And then looking last year, we got starters across the board. The year before, starters across the board too. Like there's a lot of talent here. Um, I was ripping on on Elway last year. His draft hasn't been working out other than a few picks. He seems to be fixing whatever issues he had. Um, I would also like to just hold on the optimism a little bit because it all falls on Drew Locke's shoulders. At this point. Drew Locke played five games last year. You know what I mean? This is not like a great amount of uh, experience in the NFL. He's a four-year starter at Mizzou. Awesome. He's shown his ability to perform. Like in five starts, he had 1,000 yards, seven touchdowns. With the, the cast we had, that's pretty decent. So if he can play to his potential, wow. Man, there is a great offense in the works here. So it, there's a lot of reason to be excited. However, we've been excited every offseason for the past couple of years. Let's chill out a little bit and let's just wait for the season to start if it starts. But please be football. if things please work please out, boys, we can have like the best receiving core in the league for the next couple of years. We can have like the buildings of a, you know, 10 year competitive team here. You know, it could be the Chiefs, the Ravens and the Broncos in yeah. the AFC for the yeah. years to come. Absolutely. So, reason mm-hmm. to be excited. Yep, absolutely. I mean, there's there's no doubting that, and and I think that's the best thing to say is is curb your enthusiasm here a little bit about this Broncos team going into this year with the young crew that we have and the unproven Drew Lock. But I, I think, and this is something, David, I've I've mentioned to you before uh, in passing, is that this is this is not only Drew Locke's prove me prove it to me year. It's this is Elway's prove it to me yearly. <laughs> oh, big this time. is the year. This is the year that he goes. Hey, if I'm giving. I tr- like this is the first time he's trusted his quarterback pick so much that he's done everything to go out and get him everything he needs to make sure that he's successful. And if he's not successful, there's going to be a big shakeup in Broncos country. But let's I don't think that's going to happen. Let's hope that doesn't happen um, and, and that we just have a successful 5, 10, 15 years down the road. Oh, man, it, it could be great. Let me let me paint you a picture that I painted to Jared last night. <laughs> It's the end of the 2020 season. The Broncos finished 6-10. and 10. And Drew Locke played all 16 games and just did not show it. And, John, you know, the rumblings are happening. 
And then John Elway trades however many first-round picks it takes to the Green Bay Packers for Aaron Rodgers and gives him and Von Miller the farewell tour that he gave to Marcus Ware and Peyton Manning. (laughs) Yo, that's a nice freaking picture, man. I mean, you put Aaron Rodgers in that, install Aaron Rodgers into this offense. Even if we finish 9 and 7, even if we have a winning year and Aaron Rodgers becomes available, you got to try for it. Like, Aaron Rodgers with Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, this offensive line, this running game, like, That was a fun word picture that I painted. And All right, yeah, you know I cried a little. Uh, I'm excited yeah, like I am in the morning right yeah. now. So. <laughs> yeah, right? Jesus. It's one of those morning excitements. Oh, yeah. All right, well, That's, on, yeah. On, on that note, um, yeah. thank you guys for listening. I got someone to take care of. Thank right, you guys so much. so much for listening. We're, we're, yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're going to wrap up the show here. Um, before we end, uh, you know, obviously – with everybody staying at home, a lot of people in quarantine, places are starting to open back up. Hopefully, you guys are being smart about this, and everyone's being smart about this. Um, thank you guys so much. Uh, thank you for all the healthcare workers. You know, you know, Matt always likes to, to do a shout out healthcare workers. Anybody that's working, anyone that's that is uh, essential personnel right now. Thank you guys so much. You guys are are, are brave, um, and, and we appreciate what you do. Thank you guys so much for stepping up and doing that uh, in this time of of uncertainty. Um, so, so thank you guys uh, from from the bottom of our hearts. And, and thank you guys for listening uh, day in and day out. We appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. Um, and with that, I, I think we sign it off. Ready? Go Broncos. Go Broncos. Orange, man.